Hi, welcome to Meet Me at the Movies right here on C19 TV and online, WGWG.org, and on radio, WGWG Radio. We really appreciate you, as always, uh, tuning in to listen to us review films uh, and talk to filmmakers. Uh, very excited today to have a filmmaker, a production designer for the film The Favorite, and and other things as well, uh, Fiona Crumby. Um, you, were, you were talking to us from London, England, and I appreciate it. Now, you're an Aussie as well, is that correct? Yes, I am. <laughs> well, uh, I, would, I really do appreciate you taking the time. I know uh, it's a busy time for you, as it always is. And uh, for our uh, listeners and uh, for our viewers, I would love for you to give a little background, if you would, on uh, as they're looking through the credits. And I always encourage fans of film, stay through the credits because filmmaking is not a singular thing you know it takes a team no. it takes people yeah. and uh, for your name will pop up as a production designer so for those that may not be familiar with what a production designer does can you share kind of a snapshot of what your job typically is uh, on a film yeah I mean the best way that I describe it which you know other designers might say oh that's not very you know that's not how I would describe it but I just tell people that I'm responsible for everything that you see in the frame with the exception of costumes and hair and makeup. So, you know, whether it's a car or a teacup or a building or, you know, a a road, you know, that's my responsibility. And, you know, that includes animals and food and all of those details um, come under my department. And um, and I also think a production designer is, we're the communicators. So we have, we sit between the director and the crew. And so we're communicating the vision of the director and obviously like growing it, working with the director to, you know, see where the ideas can go. But it's a, it's a big role for communication. And there are several other departments that, that are connected to you. Location, I guess, would be one of those props yep. as well. Uh, yep. now, now, with set design, do you see set design as different from production design? Oh, no. So they um, sort of umbrella under production design. So production design covers, uh, you know, the art department, which is set design and also uh, set decoration. So it's kind of like they're the next offshoots under me. They we sort of splinter off into two. So there's decoration and there's also art, you know, the art department, which are, you know, sort of construction, basically. Yeah. So how, have you worked in pretty much all of these departments to some extent to uh, get into the role that you're in now as a production designer? What is your background? No. Yeah, I mean, I've got a bit of an unusual situation where I have never worked. Uh, I, I was a, you know, before I was a theater designer. Before I actually started studying theater, I, you know, did some work experience on a film. But I never worked in an art department or in a, in a set decoration area wow. um, before becoming a production designer. So I basically went straight from being a theatre designer and crossed right over to being a production designer. And yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. It means that I like I don't have formal training in film yeah. at all. Yeah. And I yeah, I I've sort of had to it's it took me a few years to work it all out. Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, well ha- talk about that journey and how that happened for you. How did you go from from doing this in theater to all of a sudden you're doing it in film. Yeah. Well, it took a little while, but what was quite good was I, you know, did like 
took little steps. So I did uh, video clips and, you know, um, some music promos and um, television commercials and short films with friends. And so I was working as a theatre designer, but, you know, when I had time, I would do all of these things. I don't never got paid or anything. And we just we just kind of created little projects and then um and that went on for some years and you know some of the films were funded but most of them weren't and they were just with friends and then eventually one of my best friends uh was offered his first feature film and it was a really low budget feature in um, south australia and he asked me to design it and so i yeah, basically leapt into that. But it was a, a really low-budget film. It was really contained, tiny crew. So even though it was a feature, yeah. it felt like a kind of a gradual step. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so what was that experience like for you to kind of dive in and go, okay, this is what I've got to do, going from something like that low-budget uh, film in Australia to something like The Favourite that is a, it's still it's still a limited budget film when we think about the big budgets mm. we see today, but it's a different animal. Yeah. It's a different animal. Yeah. I mean, it, it's through the, so the last, I mean, by the time I was making The Favourite, I think I'd been doing it for six years, okay. being a production designer. It's okay. about six or seven years. And I'd worked, you know, I've, I've made a one to two films a year. I mean, I've still <laughs> only made about 10 films. I haven't made that many films. But um, so like there's been sort of, I mean, I do feel like I've been on quite the, the trajectory. Right. But equally, I've gathered, you know, um, you know, experience the whole way. And I've been really fortunate because I worked, you know, my third project, my third long form was with Jane Campion. Right. And so I sort of felt like in many ways I consider that experience working with her on top of the lake in New Zealand right. film school. You know, I was there immersed in that world with her and I she was such she's a brilliant educator, so she was really showing me the way. And so I think the the main thing that's been really interesting for me is realizing how the skills that I learnt in theatre give me the foundation that I require for film. So, you know, understanding, you know, instinct about a script and being able to, you know, have creative impulse and to trust your creative intuition and all those things um, are exactly what you need anyway in production design because you're an ideas person. And in the same way, I had to build sets in theatre so I can communicate about construction and painting and all those elements. It all sort of just translated, but obviously film is a much bigger beast and you have many more people and you also have big issues with time and so there's a you have to be I think more um you have to be more fluid on film you have to think on your feet in a way that you don't necessarily in theater yeah yeah Yeah. well with theater you've got a limited time and there's this kind of this feel of this organic life happening right then right there you don't get multiple takes uh, on a film, you yeah. can you can do it multiple times. You can shoot it from multiple angles. Um, there there is a difference to it, but there is that foundation, as you mentioned, mm. that does cross over into no matter what the art is, it does cross over whether it's television, mm. film, um, or theater. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. Well, uh, when you first uh, take on uh, a film or a project. Talk about that journey of uh, when it comes to you and when you make that decision that, yes, I want to do this or no, I'm going to pass off on this or I'm intrigued by this. What, talk about how you go yeah. from conception to, to actually making it happen. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I think because I, you know, maybe it's partly the theatre thing for me. I really value scripts. You know, I really feel like if it's strong on the page, then it, I mean, you know, then it's something worth looking at. I mean, I've, I've been in the situation where I've worked on films where I thought, oh, this doesn't feel quite right, but surely they'll fix that scene. <laughs> and they don't. <laughs> so I've kind of come to, like, really have quite a strict, like set of rules yes. about you know what if you don't if you don't believe in it don't right. do it and um and also I have a very basic rule which is if I don't want to be there when they're saying those lines like I think they're going to make me cringe don't right. make the film wow so I'm very particular yeah. about script yeah um and so that's always the starting point I mean for me also it's to do with the, the director and like do I think that that you know I really, you know, I want to be around people that have a voice. Right. And so I try, you know, I'm trying to work with people that I feel, you know, can also teach me things. You know, right. I'm, I'm a great, you know, I love learning and being educated by watching other people work. And so all of those components, like those are the sort of the initial starting point. And then, yeah, like it, whether or not I'm going to, you know, I, a big thing for me is if I don't have a, connection to the work I'm just going to flounder so I need to feel like oh I know where I want to go with this or this is I have an idea and a, a you know a, a take on this that I think I could pursue for the you know because it's like eight months work or something right. so you want to feel like you know you want to give everything to right. it and you have some you have a viewpoint yeah yeah so so it sounds like um you you really want to feel there's a vision to the story, which is the script where it always starts, but also a vision from the director and then your ideas and see how all of those come together. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, absolutely. So for, for a movie like The Favorite, that is one of the uh, the most recognized films of, of 2018, uh, you know, multiple, you look during, you look at the awards circuit and the critics circuit, and it is the one that really stands out uh if you if you look at three, yeah. three films of the year from 2018 that is one of those that stands out on so many different levels strictly especially from the artistic side of cinema and so uh for this film the favorite uh talk about your relationship with uh with the director and and how that came to be how your vision pulled together with uh with his vision yeah i met yorgos um just for just a getting to know you meeting it wasn't associated with a project um back in 2012 and you know we had a nice chat and we got along and you know I hoped that he might <laughs> remember me <laughs> and then um <laughs> years later he did oh, and um we met about <laughs> yeah I know because I I mean I think his work is really it's singular you know he's one of these directors that has a viewpoint and a voice and he um he every single film that he makes is a he constructs his own universe within yes. that film you know a Absolutely. place that has a particular logic and language and i recognized with the favorite that that is was also the case so even though it's around, about you know a, a person who did exist or several people that did exist there was an immediate um, perspective on it and there was a spin and a playfulness and that there was going to be required of me a really interesting um, walking of, you know, I had to walk the line between historical, you know, accuracy and placing the film and embedding the film in a, in a sense of period, but also 
just inventing it and turning it on its head and creating a just, again, like just a a world in which, you know, those rabbits can be there. There can be duck races, you know, the, 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 you know, the way they speak to each other, all of that stuff. It had, I had to create Yorgos. I think um, we met and I showed him references that had been sort of like a creative impulse to the work. And he just, it resonated with him. Um, so we just kind of were off and running, really. And and did you feel that there was that connection right away? Uh, and I guess having that, having met him earlier definitely assisted with that. But once you got into the project, did it just click for you? Well, do you know what? It, it sort of, I, I really like him as a person. So I found him like really warm and engaging and easy to be around. But I did find myself asking all the time, do you, are you happy with this? Like, do you want to look at this? Should I, sh-? you know, like, I've got this little sketch. Do you want to have a look at this sketch? And he, he's very, very trusting. And he was like, oh, you know, but I know that you're, you know, you're just doing it. Wow. And so even though he was across everything and I would always share things and he would give feedback, but essentially, really, Yorgos trusts us wow. to do our jobs. And this is across the board. This is... Sandy Powell with costumes, yeah. Nadia Stacey with hair and makeup, uh, Robbie. There was so much trust that it took us by surprise. Yes. <laughs> like, all of us were like, oh, you know, wow, <laughs> this guy, in many ways, he, he's, um, I think he does this with casting as well. He's really intuitive, and I think he hires the right person, and then he trusts that that person is going to deliver so he's quite low maintenance, really. Wow. Well, there's there's a huge amount of freedom that comes with that when you know that you're hired to do your work and then you can go out and do it. And I think in doing that, also you can find a, a deeper passion for it because it gives you that freedom. Did you find that to be the case once you kind of got over that hurdle of, of realizing, oh, he's letting me do my job? Yeah, absolutely. And also we found it... Um, really fun so what my department we just found ourselves coming up with all little creations that we were amused by you know that we you know so in other words I felt like Yorgos just gave me the gift of making the film and he just was saying run with it so he just yeah I didn't have to check in or that I didn't have to say oh is it okay if I dress you know this room in a particular way or is it okay if I whitewash these walls None of that. It was wow. just he understood that he understood the overarching aesthetic, and he understood the nuance of what we were trying to do. But he didn't need to be. Yeah, he just he. And he honestly, in all honesty, I think he moved one chair. <laughs> he came in and he said, oh, "I'd be better if that didn't face the the fire." And it's like, "Oh, okay, wow, <laughs> I can do that. That's not a problem." Well, <laughs> well, you have yeah. uh, you were surrounded by amazing talents. You 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 know you listed off yeah. several names and everything from the costume designing to uh, to the acting to the directing. And you mentioned earlier when we were talking that you try to learn something from everyone that you work with. So uh, with, with the movie The Favourite, what are some of the things that you, some of the new knowledge that you've gained that you feel is going to benefit you with future projects? Um, I think that it was really interesting watching Sandy Powell work and, you know, she really, I think she is pretty extraordinary at understanding um, fabric 
and understanding how the relationship with camera and, you know, what's going to work. And, and also particularly given our film is either, you know, natural light or it's candlelight. So she, I think, is very clever with the way that she chose fabric. And I know that she's, she really didn't have very much money and her fabrics were really quite cheap. Right. So, you know, she, I think she's quite brilliant at problem solving and, um, and, but also making a statement with her work. And so that was really interesting to watch. I think she's, um, she's pretty remarkable. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, I guess it's sort of that thing where, you know, sometimes you learn about people and how they operate. And, you know, Robbie Ryan is uh, someone who, you know, gets the best from a crew because he's so lovely and, you know, watching him work on set, he's got a non, an amazing sense of camaraderie with his team. And, you know, those sorts of things are just as important as, you know, an actual technical skill. And the uh, the cinematography, I think, has to play a key within production design as well. So to talk a little bit about your relationship. You mentioned the natural lighting and the candlelight. So so talk about your relationship with the, the camera crew and the cinematography aspect of, of what we ultimately see on that that final cut yeah i there are two things that were or there are three things that were very particular about um our relationship with cinematography on the film and the first was a very clear instruction from yorgos that he wanted you know a lot of movement in the room and he didn't he wanted the camera to be able to move with actors and to really roam around and spin and do all the things that we see in the film and I played a part in that, in that the way that we arranged the rooms and how much furniture we put in the rooms. And, you know, we had to facilitate that, which was totally fine because I really felt that emptiness was quite, quite important. You know, I didn't want the rooms to be overstuffed anyway. I think that it's much nicer to kind of have a sense of air around furniture and, yeah. and space around actors and some clarity and, of, you know, what you're looking at. Yeah, And so that all kind of walked together, you know, but that was one particular directive I remember being given. And then the other thing for us was obviously understanding how the lenses were going to work and how the fact that I've never worked on a film where you see, you know, floor, ceiling, corners, right. like suddenly behind you, you know, like just the fact that we are in, an, you know, that there were, we had to always think... Um, in 360 degrees, yes. which I like doing anyway. I yes. prefer to offer a, a full set. Yeah. But sort of we're looking really up high and we're coming in low, looking up, you know. So I had to think about, you know, I built an enormous piece of wall to hide, you know, uh, another like what was there so that the, it wasn't um, distracting. You know, yeah. so I did lots of work where we were actually kind of um, – I don't know how to explain it, but it's sort of <laughs> like simplifying in a way okay. so that, you know, there, there wasn't – because the lenses were so extreme and there's so much information in the frame, right. I actually found it quite important to help move the eye to the important place, okay. you know, which is with the actors. And so we did lots of things like, you know, yeah, I did this massive trompe painting um, that was about 12 metres long or something, and that was – because I knew we were actually really tilting up, I knew we were going to see a lot of things that we didn't, maybe if you, it was anamorphic and it was a normal kind of framing, you just wouldn't have seen it. Right. But I had to really consider almost like a, 
like, you know, the whole, every single little nook and cranny. Right. And um, so that was one thing that, you know, we, we had to really think about. But, um, and then, of course, yeah, we, we, basically, we basically lit the film yeah. <laughs> so with, um, <laughs> with the candles. So yeah. we, that was another thing, yeah. Well, as you were doing this, you talked about how much fun you had doing this project. Did you, did you and the crew um, and the cast realize what you had in this film, um, or or was it when the first, uh, you know, kind of awards uh, started being recognized and you started getting the critics uh, out there talking about this? At what point did you realize that you had something really special in the film, The Favorite? I think that when we were making it, we knew that that this was a pretty extraordinary situation. I mean, like I say, when I saw those lenses, I yeah. thought we may never, I may never work on a film. <laughs> Wow. I mean, so often you make sets yeah. and you decorate and you go to all this trouble and you honestly, you see a dark corner. <laughs> and that is not, I mean, you can't even be crushed about it because that's actually our job. Yes. If that's what is best for the storytelling, I really genuinely, I'm not complaining. Right. So, but, it, but the flip side of that is it's like amazing that every single piece of China that we created, right. every tiny little detail is seen in the film, you know. And so it's um, so we knew for my department this was an unusual situation. Right. When after Venice, um, that's when people started making noises about you know this this is going to go the whole way. And I, I mean, I've said a couple of times to just my friends, it's like you know when you're making a film and you're on the set, you don't even think about that stuff. And particularly when you're making what is essentially a low-budget film. Right. I mean, we had very little money in my department. So I'd never really, you know, I know from making enough films now that what a battle it is to get a small film, uh, you know, to get this much attention yes. and for it to, you know, like cause they, beautiful films are made all the time. Absolutely. And they're just not, they don't get the the momentum right. that this film has had. Right. But equally, I do, I do think that what I've noticed with this film is it gives people enormous pleasure. They're so satisfied as an audience. Yes. You know, they come out, they've laughed, they've, you know, <laughs> they've gone on this whole journey and they're, they're really satisfied. And I think that's what's going on here. Yeah. I, I agree. I think it's a film also that can appeal uh, across the spectrum. Uh, you don't have to love period pieces to love this film um my my son he's 19 years old and he enjoys you know he enjoys uh, of course your marvel you know your mcu films but he equally just was blown away by watching the favorite and and i think that says something that that you can enjoy a film like this if you give it a chance and i'm glad that people have given this film a, a chance uh and and general audiences as well not just the focused audiences that you think about during award season. I think it's one of those that yeah. that has been speaking to a lot of different people. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I've ever had more messages, you know, from, you know, like my old English teacher from <laughs> school or, you know, like my aunt's friends and, you know, like all these people are actually going out and seeing the film and, right. and then happy that they did as yes. well. Yeah. It's yeah. not an ordeal like exactly. a lot of my other work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, when you, uh, you, you've, you said you've been, uh, you know, working on this up to this point for six years and then you get this Oscar nomination. Talk about that feeling because that is something that 
you know, never happens to some people in the industry. And here yeah. you are getting this Oscar nomination, a well-deserved Oscar nomination, I should say. But talk about that experience and what that was like when that happened for you. Um, I mean, what was interesting about it was, you know, obviously there's an awareness and, you know, you know, my husband's been very nervous for a while. So, like, there's, you know, there's, there's chat about it. But when it actually, my set decorator, Alice Felton, who's also nominated with me, she was over at my house and we were, um, I don't know, I was trying to be a little bit, you know, I was like sweeping and like tidying up and <laughs> right. you know, making food because yeah. I feel like, and that's pretty characteristic of me generally. When I'm stressed, I'm, I'm a, like a, I'm very productive actually. Right. <laughs> so um, I was doing things like that and. Alice, on the other hand, was glued to the computer that with with the live stream, and then um, she actually came to talk to me in the kitchen, and then we overheard the production design being announced, and so we raced in, and we really screamed. I mean, we really <laughs> properly shrieked, and I don't, I can't remember the last time I screamed. Yeah, and then we were, you know, like kind of laughing and crying, and the thing that was amazing was. I hadn't realized how badly I wanted it to happen right. until it happened, Yeah, you know, and I yeah. realized, wow, this has been really under your skin. Like yeah. this is, and I am thrilled. I'm so, I can't believe I'm so grateful and um, yeah, I'm, I'm just amazed. I'm, I'm so, I don't even have the words yet, you know, and yeah. I really should get them together. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think, yeah. I think that any time that, you can be recognized either by peers or by critics or even by family and friends when they look at your work, something that you are passionate about and they can and they say, yes, this is something worthy of being recognized. You know, I know that you know it. Yeah. I know that you love it, but we want to join and celebrate with you. And I really think that as we look at the award seasons, it is about celebrating the achievements. And, and as you mentioned, there are so many other amazing films out there and you, and all of them should be recognized in some way, in some fashion, all films should be seen and appreciated for what they are. And it, it's, it's just, it's difficult to do that in this sea of art. It's hard to see everything. Mm. It really is. It's hard to appreciate everything. And so when something comes along um, and others recognize it and say, hey, don't forget this project. Uh, I think that mm. makes it all worthwhile. And uh, you have really yeah. got an amazing project with, uh, with The Favorite. And uh, I'm, I'm thankful that you got a chance to, to show your talent uh, on that and, and the talent of those that worked around you as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, absolutely. It was such a, you know, obviously a massive group effort. Yeah. So for uh, for. For folks who have not seen The Favourite, tell them why they should watch this film. And not just because of the incredible production design, which, of course, is one reason. <laughs> so, so why should why should audiences who have not had a chance check out The Favourite? Um, I think it's, it's, it's really a, a genuinely original film. It's original in terms of... Um, it's just a... It's a it's a fresh look at uh, a period film, but also it's incredibly human and it's touching and it's incredibly funny. And it's, it's, it's like I say, I, I think it's a really satisfying cinematic experience. It, 
it looks great on a big screen because of, you know, I mean, my work, but also Robbie Ryan and yes. Sandy Powell. So it's, but also, and then you have these extraordinary performances right. that are incredibly complex. You, and it's a very interesting film because you, your allegiance moves. Who we, you know, like, like, I mean, I think it's, like I say, it's extremely human because these characters are so complicated and they, you know, they're doing their best and they're failing and then they're letting, you know, they're behaving badly and they're trying to redeem themselves. And it's, um, I just, yeah, my big thing is I just think it, it's a satisfying experience. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree completely. Well, for those who are listening that may be uh, young kids or teenagers or college students who are trying to pursue their love of either uh, cinema or the arts, do you have any advice or any thoughts you'd love to pass along to them? Oh, I think my main thing that I would say is um, to always feel like they should push their own voice, you know, that um, there's something to be said for working under people and for learning and gaining experience. But I also think that it's really important to to find your voice, what makes you individual and why, you know, and, and allow, you know, gives people a reason to hire you and to develop that and whether that's on short films or, you know, un, you know, just gathering experience any way you can, but finding your voice and your perspective, I think is the, is the key. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, uh, Fiona Crumbie, our guest today, the uh, Oscar nominated production designer for the movie, the favorite, you have any other final thoughts or final comments you want to share? Maybe something I did not get a chance to ask you that you wanted to share. Oh, no, I've had a lovely, <laughs> lovely chat with you. So well, this, no. is, this has been marvelous. Mm-hmm. I appreciate our listeners. As always, you can always email us at info at WGWG.org or info at C19.TV. Uh, Fiona, thank you again. This has been quite marvelous. Pleasure. Your, your time uh, that you gave to me, to me today, I'm just, I'm just really appreciative of that. So thank you very much. Oh, no, it's a pleasure. Thank you so much. Till next time for WGWG and C19 TV and Meet Me in the Movies, this is Noel T. Manning II. That's a wrap.